Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, on the day that the Premier League fixtures were announced. Now, that was going to be the main subject of our show. That was going to be the headline topic. We were going to spend a lot of time, actually, going through those fixtures, looking at where the title could be won and lost, what will be key for Arsenal in terms of big fixtures coming up against some of their direct rivals, etc., etc. We were going to spend, as I say, quite a bit of time going through all of that. We will still look at the fixtures, of course, and we will discuss uh, this morning's announcement. I've not long gone back, not long got back from TalkSport uh, where I was at this morning to just to sort of reflect uh, briefly, of course, on on Arsenal's fixtures, how I feel about them, etc., etc. So a big thanks to them uh, for having me down there. But on my way back, the news broke that Arsenal have had a bid rejected for Declan Rice. Arsenal made an official offer, took it to West Ham United and saw it rejected straight away, according to reports this morning. So we're going to talk Declan Rice. We're going to talk uh, Manchester City, who are said to be interested also in bringing Declan Rice to their club this summer. What kind of threat does that pose to Arsenal? Or is this just a tactic from West Ham United to push Arsenal into a corner from which they feel they'll be desperate to get out of and therefore perhaps they'll be more willing to meet West Ham's asking price or get on with it. They might meet the price anyway, but to get on with it quicker and to wrap this up quicker, I don't know. We'll talk about the fixtures, as I say. We'll discuss the latest on Kai Havertz and continue that debate, which has been rife over the last 24 hours or so. We'll talk Ilkay Gundogan after reports from Germany claim uh, he's got his heart set on going one place and one place only this summer. And we'll also take your questions, of course, towards the back end of the show. It feels like it's going to be a bumper edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Like, share, comment, all the rest of it, and uh, give us a second and we'll dive straight into it. Right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hope you're all good. Hope you're well. Big hello to Henry, Richie, Jay, uh, name. We've got Chris. We've got MM. We've got uh, who else we got? We've got loads of NSW. We've got Steve. We've got Robert. We've got Wandering Minstrel, Creambone, uh, Ryan, Sko, Nav. Uh, so many of you with us in the live chat at the moment, which is amazing to see. Um I'm sure, in fact, I'm certain that there'll be people tuning in, hoping to see some kind of meltdown with regards to the news that has come our way this morning. And I can tell you that that's not what you're going to get from me. So if that's what you're after, then you might want to 
go elsewhere. Not that I don't want you to listen, but you know what I'm trying to say. Watches the numbers of live viewers just disappear in that top uh, left-hand corner of my screen. Um, But anyway, look, what to make of this morning's news? So let me fill those in that maybe haven't had a chance to look at this just yet, because I know that people are at work and I know that people um, can't always be glued to their phones and social media uh, in the way that a lot of us that are doing this job have to be, I guess, at this time of year. Let's bring you up to speed then with what David Ornstein has reported today. It was around about an hour ago at the time of recording, maybe slightly longer than that, where David Ornstein said Arsenal have made an opening offer to sign Declan Rice from West Ham. Tim Lewis and Karen Brady held talks at the Premier League's AGM, though Edu and Richard Garlick are leading the process uh, or the attempts to try and land Declan Rice this summer. He then said... Uh, Man City are now actively exploring their own approach for the 24-year-old. So if you read the piece from David Ornstein, all he says is that the offer has been made. He doesn't detail exactly what that offer is. Uh, He doesn't necessarily confirm in that piece that the offer was rejected. But since this broke, since this come out, uh, lots of people have been uh, sort of adding to it, reporting on it, around it. And we understand that the bid that Arsenal have submitted was rejected and that it was around about £80 million plus £10 million at least in add-ons. So the total value of this offer that Arsenal made first up is believed to be in the region of around about £90 million. Now, earlier in the week, we heard that Arsenal were edging closer towards a deal that was going to go up to £100 million. And it seemed or it felt like Arsenal had accepted, based on conversations that had already taken place, that that was what they were going to have to pay to get Declan Rice out of the club. In which case, if that was true earlier on this week, why have we now gone in and made an offer that's less than the £100 million that we were said to be close to agreeing on with West Ham United for Declan Rice. You must have known Arsenal Football Club that West Ham were going to reject this. Now, I saw when I put out a tweet to say that this podcast was coming up, I saw a load of people uh, jumping on. I had a couple of DMs from various different people. One of them said, oh, here we go. Harry's going to jump on and tell us that it is perfectly normal for a first bid to be rejected and for a first offer to be lower than the price you believe you're going to have to pay in the end to land the player. And it is normal. It is normal to lowball someone with the first offer. The problem is, is that in these circumstances and in this situation where clearly discussions have taken place, clearly there's an understanding on both sides of what this is going to take to get the deal done. It almost comes off as a little bit disrespectful when after all of those conversations and after all of those discussions, which we're led to believe have taken place, you then go in and make an offer which is short of what it was that was discussed. It can come across as disrespectful. And I actually think in the past, Arsenal have done themselves damage in the way that they've negotiated. But equally, they've got to be careful because what you don't want is for word to spread and for people to start to believe that actually you can set the bar when it comes to Arsenal at whatever price you want. And they're just going to nod their head, say, thank you very much, sir. Three bags full, sir. Here you go. Done dusted, finished, deal, done. You've got to be really careful if you're Arsenal Football Club to 
not be disrespectful and essentially wind up the team that you're trying to purchase a player from. You don't want to burn bridges. You don't want any of that to happen. But at the same time, you want to be seen to be tough negotiators and you want to try and get the best deals for your football club. That's just how it goes. I guess the bit that's got people panicked more so than the fact that the first bid has been rejected. I, I didn't expect Arsenal to do this in the first bid. And from what we're led to believe and from what we're hearing and from what we understand, Arsenal are going to go back with another offer and hopefully that'll be closer or on par with what West Ham United want. And this thing can progress. But the bit that has sent people into a bit of a panic, I think, and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong in the chat, is the, the word or the two words, Manchester City being thrown into the equation. Now, according to David Ornstein, Manchester City are putting together or, or are considering putting together their own proposal to land the 24-year-old. We've heard repeatedly over the last few weeks that Arsenal is Declan Rice's number one choice. And that won't just be because of the fact that he will think Arsenal are the best team at which he can win trophies. There will be other factors to this. London will be a factor in this. Declan Rice has been on record on numerous occasions as saying, look, I want to stay close to my roots. I want to stay in and around the London area. That is something Arsenal can offer and Manchester City can't. Otherwise, he'd have one hell of a commute every morning. The other thing is I believe that Arsenal would be able to give him more guarantees around game time, around what his role will be and the significance of that role in the way that Manchester City can't because of the array of talent that they have and because of the squad that Pep Guardiola has at his disposal. So, yeah, I think that I think that Arsenal is still Declan Rice's preference. I'm not massively concerned right now at the time of recorded at 11.46 a.m. on Thursday, the 15th of June, about Manchester City's interest because I, I don't want to say that the information is incorrect. I would never say that about something that David Ornstein reported because he's in another league to me. Um, I don't ever claim to have insider information and I never will because it's not what I do. Equally, I can have an opinion on, on someone's report as to how accurate I believe it is. It doesn't mean I'm dismissing it or completely ruling out the possibility of City entering this race. But I just look at this and I think this feels very much to me like something that West Ham United would want to put out into the ether and out into the news cycle for a number of reasons. So what are those reasons? Well, I think, first of all, they'll want Arsenal to panic. They'll want Arsenal to cough up the amount of money that has clearly been discussed between the two parties already without any negotiation, without the backwards and forwards, without the the sort of, um, you know, the small talk around it, all the rest of it. They will want... Arsenal to say, here you go. This is the amount of money that we've discussed. Let's just do this deal. Let's leave the negotiations to other people and let's just get on with this and let's just make this happen. The other thing is, is that West Ham, although they would probably be quite happy to drag this out a little bit in terms of making sure that they can get the best possible fee, they also need to replace Declan Rice. They also need to make some big decisions about where they're going as a football club. And the 80, 90, 100 million pounds that they're likely to get 
for Declan Rice is going to play a massive part in what they do this summer. And the sooner they get that money in through the door, the more able they will be to, to plan ahead and the more time they will have to acquire the targets that they believe will help them best to replace the outgoing Declan Rice. Obviously, Calvin Phillips was linked with West Ham in the past as well, and he's at Manchester City currently where he's not getting a lot of game time. He is very much a bit part player, and that will in some ways feed into this narrative. Well, City could be interested. He's a top midfielder. Why wouldn't the best team in the country be interested? But also they have a player that I, I guess they'd probably be quite happy to offload who could be of interest to West Ham United. So all of this kind of fits and makes sense, but it doesn't necessarily always mean that that is the case. And this is the bit you have to be careful of. West Ham want the best deal they can get. They want this to be concluded relatively quickly, but not so quickly that they end up being shortchanged. And I believe, honestly, that this is something that has come out from the West Ham side of things in order to try and hurry this along in one sense, but also in order to push Arsenal into a bit of a panic and encouraging us to get on with it in terms of the negotiations and, and stop messing around and stop trying to save a few quid here and there. In terms of sending Arsenal into a panic, would they have sent Edu, Richard Garlic, Mikel Arteta into a panic? Probably not at this stage because they would have had conversations with the player and they'll understand exactly where his head's at and where this could be going. But I tell you who is panicking and that's the Arsenal fans. Now, it's not very hard, is it, traditionally, to wind the Arsenal fans up, to put us into a position of, of panic, to set the Twitterati off. You know, all of those things happen actually fairly frequently at Arsenal. And, and what this has done is fueled that, has instigated that. And as a result, I think you've seen a disproportionate reaction to, to what this news actually says on social media at the moment. But I think Arsenal will go back with another offer. I think Arsenal know what it's going to take. I think Arsenal maybe come across as a little bit cheeky in going lower than what we heard earlier in the week had been discussed. Although I'm now starting to doubt how accurate that necessarily was. This is going to take some time to get done and this is going to move in the shadows as far as we're concerned. And what I mean by that is that, you know, one of the reports that's come out this morning says that this actually happened earlier in the week, Monday. That's what one of the reports around this says. Now, I don't know how accurate that is, but, you know, sometimes it does take a bit of time for us to get this information. And so, we could be discussing one phase of this discussion slash negotiation and we could already be at another phase of it. So you always have to bear that in mind, I think, with these things. And, and therefore, you have to take a lot of this with a pinch of salt. But as I say, David Ornstein's report didn't highlight an amount and it certainly didn't categorically say anyway that the, the offer had been rejected. Others have reported that since. And so there is information coming from all different angles and there is... Yeah, there is a, a few differences in what's being reported. I mean, do you remember a couple of weeks ago where there was a report doing the rounds that William Saliba had been offered a contract that was viewed by many as a sort of derisory and, and, and sort of disrespectful to him based on how he'd performed over the course of the season and how important a part of the team he'd become. But I remember saying to you guys that, you know, I, I found out that actually that was an offer that was made a long time prior. 
And therefore, that was no longer accurate. That was no longer a reflection of where the discussions were at. And so having gone through that experience, I am now quite wary of timings when these stories are, uh, are reported, et cetera, et cetera. Now, according to some of you in the chat box, Fabrizio Romano, who I know many see as the guy when it comes to transfers, I've, the amount of times I've heard over the last few days, well, I won't believe it until Fabrizio Romano says it. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting that, that people feel like that, but I want to go and have a look at, um, at what he said as well, because he's shed some light on this as well. So a couple of the reports have said £80 million plus £10 million in add-ons, which takes the total value of this initial offer reportedly up to £90 million. Fabrizio Romano says something different. Fabrizio Romano says Arsenal's opening bid for Declan Rice has been rejected immediately by West Ham. Sources guarantee that the total value of the proposal was £80 million. Not enough to convince West Ham. He also says Man City are informed on this, but Arsenal remain the favourites and they're expected to bid again. So we're getting contradicting information from different journalists with regards to the value, with regards to, you know, where this is at exactly. So you have to be mindful of that. Uh, Jay Sayers says, come on, Harry, the offer got rejected. Let's not act stupid. I'm not saying that the offer didn't get rejected. I, I've not said that, Jay. I've not at any point said, oh, no, actually, that's wrong that the offer's been accepted. What I'm saying is that that could be an offer that was submitted a few days ago. There could have been three, four rounds more of talks between that and now that we're just not aware of at this moment in time. That has happened so many times whereby, you know, we've been behind the curve in terms of the information that we're getting. And all I'm saying is be mindful of that. And be wary of that when jumping to conclusions about how this is going to go and, and how it's going to end up. So that's the latest on, on Declan Rice to Arsenal. Uh, apparently, the bid has been rejected. Manchester City are on their toes, although I wonder how much of that is, uh, is West Ham trying to drive the price up and trying to create a bit more of a panic within the Arsenal ranks. Therefore, pushing Arsenal into moving with this quicker so that they can kind of get on with their lives as well and uh, and reinvest that money in the way that they see fit. But anyway, that's the bit on Declan Rice. We're going to do loads and loads of questions later on in the show. So hold on to those because I've got a couple of bits of other uh, news that I want to discuss uh, and that we want to report on. Uh, let's bring up the Arsenal website so we can take a look at the fixtures for the upcoming season because they, of course, uh, were announced earlier uh, today. So let's um, share the screen. Uh, Arsenal will kick off their Premier League campaign with a home game for once. It's been an awful long time, actually, since we started with a home game. But we will take on Nottingham Forest uh, on Saturday, August the 12th. Um, now, on the Arsenal website, it's scheduled as a 3pm game. That's because officially the TV fixtures haven't been announced yet. But we understand that that one is going to be a 12.30 p.m. kickoff at Emirates Stadium. So just have that in mind, although that has not been 100% confirmed yet by the TV companies, by the broadcasters. That is what uh, we believe uh, is going to be the case. So Arsenal start off against Nottingham Forest. They then take on Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park, followed by a home game, uh, the last game of August against Fulham. So you look at that and it's three winnable fixtures for Arsenal at the start of the season. And I talked quite a bit, actually, 
when we were sort of looking back on last season about how important it was that Arsenal started the season with five winnable fixtures, I felt, and how that really set the tone moving forward. So, yeah, uh, Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace, Fulham, feel like winnable fixtures, feel like fixtures we're going to have a good crack at. We then take on Manchester United at the start of September. Then we go to Everton before meeting Spurs in the first North London derby of the season. Saturday, September 23rd, it's currently scheduled for. Uh, moving on, we play City and Chelsea back-to-back in October, uh, between October 7th and, uh, of course, uh, October 21st. There's an international break in between there as well. Newcastle United away is on the 4th of November as it stands. We then go to Anfield on December 23rd, so just before Christmas, before once again meeting West Ham United on Boxing Day at Liverpool at home is on the 3rd of February as it stands. Uh, Chelsea, Manchester City again back to back, only this time the other way around. Uh, March 16th, we play Chelsea at home before a trip to Etihad right at the end of March. And then our run-in is quite a tough one. We play Spurs away on April 27th before a home game against Bournemouth and then a trip to Old Trafford on the penultimate weekend of the season. So I guess the question is, where are we going to win the league this season? Will it be at Spurs or will it be at Old Trafford? I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. But yeah, those are the fixtures. Uh, That's, of course, come out uh, this morning. Uh, We'll get the TV selections, I'm sure, pretty soon. And all of those dates are, of course, subject to change. But it's nice to have a look at the order and try and sort of work out where things will be won and lost. As I say, we were going to spend a bit more time on that. I'm not going to go through it in as much detail now because I do feel like the more pressing story is uh, the Declan Rice story. We've got some Kai Havertz chat to have as well. Uh, We're going to talk Ilkay Gundogan and we're going to take your questions from the live chat as well. Uh, But we've got plenty of time between now and the Premier League starting to to dissect the fixtures, to break it all down. And um, and, uh, yeah, we'll... uh, We'll do that at a later date. But for now, focus is on the transfer window and is on Arsenal's pursuit of Declan Rice. Can we land him between now and the end of the window? Going to take a very, very short pause and then we're going to talk Kai Havertz. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min football family. Now, Kai Havertz is being linked, of course, with a move to Arsenal, with the Gunners having opened discussions with Chelsea, as was reported yesterday by the same man, David Ornstein. Um, We had a really, really good discussion on Kai Havertz with uh, Daniel Childs of the son of Chelsea, of football.london, etc., etc. And uh, I don't know, I, I thought that my opinion had maybe slightly changed after listening to Dan, but then when I sort of sat down last night. I went back in the house after the podcast and everybody else was asleep and I was sitting there with my thoughts and and a glass of wine. And I decided that actually I take a lot of that on board, but I still think he'd be a good fit for Arsenal. I really, really do. And we've got a members piece of content, which is going to drop either. No, actually it's going to drop tomorrow uh, because it needs a little bit of tidying up, which is a look at where Kai Havertz would fit into this Arsenal side in its current form, in its current setup, you know, what is Kai Havertz going to bring to the table and where would he fit into the picture? Because I think that's one of the questions that a lot of people are kind of asking themselves at the moment, you know, is that the right fit? Where does it fit? How does it fit? How will it work? Um, I know that there's a lot of suggestion that Kai Havertz could play in midfield. 
me personally, I don't think that's the case. But we'll get into that in a lot more detail on that members piece of content, which will be dropping for you guys tomorrow. That's Friday. Um, Florian Plettenberg, German uh, journalist, works at Sky in Germany. Uh, he says that talks between Arsenal and Chelsea are progressing well. And he says that the valuation Chelsea hold of the player is around about £60 million rather than the 70 that was reported yesterday. And he also highlights Bayern Munich, who uh, are said to be a real threat to Arsenal in the pursuit of Kai Havertz. But he does go on to say that Bayern Munich are not planning to enter this race, that Bayern Munich do not believe uh, that Kai Havertz should be at the top of their priority list. And they have other plans. Therefore, maybe we don't need to... um, to worry about this so much. Uh, elsewhere, Ilkay Gundogan, um, who, of course, currently is contracted to Manchester City, but that is a contract that is due to finish in a matter of weeks now. Where is he going to end up? I've talked repeatedly about how if I were Arsenal, I'd try and do this deal. I'd try and bring him in. I know not everybody believes uh, that I'm right in saying that, and I know that that divides opinion quite a bit. But according to Build in Germany, his preference is to return to Germany and to return to Borussia Dortmund. Now, he is said to be willing to consider moves to Barcelona and Arsenal, but according to Build in Germany, his preference right now is to leave Manchester City and to return to Borussia Dortmund and Germany, where he feels at home. But um, yeah, again, just a report. Uh, We'll have to keep a close eye on that one, of course. Right, look, start getting your comments and your thoughts in the chat box. Get as many questions in as you possibly can, and we'll work our way through as many of those as we possibly can. But if you're just joining us on this live stream, Arsenal have had a bid rejected for Declan Rice. Manchester City are said to be interested in him too and are considering making an approach of their own. Kai Havertz uh, and Arsenal. Is still a potential thing. Ilkay Gundogan has made his mind up about where he wants to go. And of course, the Premier League fixtures are out. We're going to take a very, very short pause. And then it's going to be questions from now until the end. Okay, let's start working our way through some of these questions. Uh, Chris Summers says, I think it is interesting that Manchester City haven't really been linked with anyone yet. Yet they have squad depth and the finances to just splurge on Rice. I think when it comes to Manchester City, I mean, what is it that they desperately need? What do you look at and think, my God, they desperately need? Not very much, if we're being honest, because they've been an absolute machine. They've been almost impossible to stop. And Pep Guardiola knows how good they are, and he's very selective now about the players that he goes out and signs. But also, they've just played in a Champions League final just a matter of days ago. So I don't think their transfer window has really got into full swing just yet. I know people always say negotiations go on well in advance. They'd have had a plan going into the summer. I'm sure they did. But they will be slightly behind in terms of the timeline because their season went on that bit longer, a good couple of weeks longer than most other clubs. So, um, yeah, you know, Manchester City... Uh, of course, have the power, have the finance, have a, a really attractive proposition there. But there is a part of me, as I said earlier on, that very much does believe that Manchester City's name being thrown into the mix is something that's coming from the West Ham side for a number of reasons. Um, 
Let's take uh, some more of your questions. Keep, remember, keep them coming. Don't forget to leave a like on the video. It really, really does help, guys. Uh, it really, uh, really does help. Um, subscribe to the channel if you're brand spanking you. I think at the start of this stream, we were around about 60 or so subscribers away from 27,000. And once we get to that point, we'll be able to push towards that 30K. We're on the road to 30K here on YouTube, and it would be amazing if we could get there sooner rather than later. Don't forget to like, as I say, uh, we're slacking in the likes front at the moment, and I'd love to get that um, as high as possible. While we're on this, by the way, uh, Fabrizio Romano has put another tweet out with regards to Arsenal's pursuit of Declan Rice. So let's just bring you up to speed with what he said now. And this is with regards to Arsenal, uh, Declan Rice and the personal terms. And it says Arsenal have significantly advanced on Declan Rice's personal terms in the last few days. That's why Arsenal will bid again to find a solution with West Ham. £80 million was never going to be enough to convince West Ham as they hoped for more than £100 million to sell Rice. OK, let's uh, let's go back to the questions. then. so that's the latest from Fabrizio Romano. Um, Matt Tomo says, what do you think is uh, Havertz's best position? For me, it's through the middle of an attack, but I'll explain why in a lot more detail on our members piece of content that will be dropping uh, tomorrow. So um, I'm going to hold fire on going into that in too much uh, detail, but I think through the middle is his best position. But I do really uh, like the fact that he is versatile and can play in a number of roles. And I think that would be a big, big appeal to Mikel Arteta. Uh, Creambone says, Harry, given Havertz's underwhelming career uh, at Chelsea, what about us makes you think he could be a hit for us? So I think we're just operating in a much more positive environment. You know, I don't think it has to be that complicated. I think that it's a place that is full of confidence, where there's unity, where there's togetherness, in comparison to a side where there's not been that. There's been so many changes. There's been instability for a number of seasons now. and um, and yeah, I, th I think that's that's basically the crux of it. You know, I think that the environment makes all the difference. I think our style of play will be far more suited to Kai Havertz. And for all the, the difficulties he's had at Chelsea, for all the criticism he's had, I really do think he's a big talent. And if you've got the talent, you know, it, it, that's not always enough. And, and I think that, you know, you could make or you could ask questions of maybe his attitude or his, his mental strength if you wanted to. But I think at Chelsea, where the environment is an absolute shit show, I think that I can, I can sort of give him a bit of a pass and the benefit of the doubt. I also, there's a part of me, mate, that just looks at it and goes, when it comes to big money investment, with the, ex with the exception of Fabio Vieira, which could still work, hasn't yet, but could still work, Arsenal have been pretty spot on in the last couple of years. And and that has given me hope and, and it's given me reason to believe that at times we can have our opinion as fans, but we should also uh, just be able to kind of back off a little bit and trust them. Uh, Vishal says, let's face it, Rice won't replace Rodri. Do you see him slipping into Gundogan's number eight spot? And is that his best position if he goes there? So I agree with you. Declan Rice is, is not better than Rodri for me, not at this stage of his career anyway. He could go on to, to be that, but he's not um, at this moment in time. Rodri, for me, is the best deep-lying midfield player in world football. 
so, you know, he's he's not easy to uh, dismantle from his position. Do I see him going into Gundogan's eight spot? I don't know. Um, I think he would play in an eight spot quite a bit for Arsenal, but I think our eight spot is quite different in that we have two eights that play slightly different roles. One of them has more license to get forward in Martin Odegaard and more flexibility in his positioning. And the other is used to protect the left-hand side at times as well, but also to make up the numbers when going forward down that flank. So I think Rice is a better fit to our midfield than he is to Manchester City's currently. Um, and again, look, Manchester City may admire the player, but are they going to go and break the bank to sign him this summer? I'm not sure that they are. I still am reluctant to believe that their interest is as serious as as may be being reported at this moment in time. Uh, Shaquille Clark says, Harry, are you serious? How many more times are you fans going to keep giving excuses when the th- same things keep happening over and over? It's not an excuse, Shaquille. It's not. It's not that. It's it's just waiting and seeing what's going to happen. And it's choosing not to go into meltdown over something that I don't know is going to happen. So you want me to be outraged by the fact that our opening bid has been rejected. What the hell does it matter if the opening bid has been rejected, if in the end we sign Declan Rice and nobody else does? So I choose not to get irate and I choose not to spend my summer throwing a fit every time I read something that comes across as slightly disappointing because I also know that a lot of the stuff I've read over the years has turned out to be nonsense a lot of it has turned out to be bullshit and that that's the truth of the matter you know so I'm not making an excuse for the club if Arsenal don't land Declan Rice and it was because they wouldn't meet the 100 million pounds that West Ham are asking for I will ask serious questions because I will turn around and say well hold on a minute why did you make him your number one target then? Why did you spend all that time pursuing him? You knew what West Ham wanted. You knew what it was going to take. And if you had no intention of paying that, then you should have turned your attention elsewhere earlier and gone and got another deal done. It's not making excuses. It's just not losing it over something that hasn't happened yet. If Arsenal land Declan Rice next week or the week after, what does it matter that the first bid was rejected? This is a this is a step or a development in the Declan Rice case, shall we say? But it isn't a definitive one just yet. It isn't one that dictates what is going to happen overall just yet. It isn't def- it isn't a defying one, if that makes sense. A defining one, sorry, if that makes sense. Uh Sibon Gessi says that these guys don't know how to negotiate. They think the Arsenal name alone is enough for everybody to fall over themselves to give us their players. Uh, again, that's that's that classic, let's jump on the club and, and have a go at them when, in truth, we only know a fraction of what's actually going on and even what we think we know might not be necessarily 100% accurate. I don't get it. Uh, Ojedek says, Harry, what do you think is the limit of what Arsenal can spend on a single player? The, the truth is that's a really difficult question to answer because, you know, in in the past, it seemed like it was around about £50 million. We never wanted to go beyond that. Then last January, we made a bigger offer for Caicedo. We tried for Mudrik. And now it looks as though we're getting closer to a £100 million fee for a player, which 
12, 18 months ago, I thought was out of Arsenal's reach. So I don't think there is a specific limit. I think it will depend on the individual and on the case. And if Arsenal really do believe that Declan Rice is the one, then I think they will go that extra mile to bring him in. Um, that's kind of my uh, view on it. Gary Griffin says, Harry, given the stats for Havertz have not matched Nicola Pepe's numbers over the last three years and Pepe is deemed not good enough. Help me make sense of this for neither of them are a solution. Nicolas Pepe, and I've always said this about Nicolas Pepe, can be a really effective footballer, but not under Mikel Arteta because he doesn't bring to the team what Mikel Arteta wants. He doesn't fit into Mikel Arteta's system. There was clearly something there between them, not necessarily a falling out per se, but there was clearly something that meant Mikel felt he couldn't trust Nicolas Pepe to deliver what he wanted and to carry out the instructions that he was putting across. We know that he tried really hard to coach him. There was a lot of talk at the time, I remember, of Mikel Arteta being particularly focused on Nicolas Pepe above everybody else in game situations. And um, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. But I don't think that just because Nicolas Pepe didn't work out and because you're making a comparison of the stats, it means that we should write off what Kai Havertz could potentially bring to the side. I think that he is a, a good fit. Like, I would argue that Gabriel Jesus' stats aren't great. You know, if you read Gabriel Jesus' stats in terms of goals, assists, you you know, fine, they're not bad, but are they that of a £50 million striker? Maybe not. But the eye test tells us, and from watching Arsenal very, very closely and going back over games and analysing them, that actually Gabriel Jesus brought a whole lot more to the team than just the numbers that he returned on a sheet of paper. And that has taught me to not just look at stats and not base an entire opinion on statistics. They can be a part of your opinion and a part of how you form the opinion, but they shouldn't be the be all and end all. I really, really do believe that. So that comparison between Havertz and Pepe is a bit of a moot point for me because if Havertz is going to bring certain qualities and be able to carry out instructions that Mikel Arteta puts across, then he's instantly more useful than Nicolas Pepe anyway, regardless of what his goal and assist tally looks like. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, um, Samuel De Silva says, what's up, Harry? New to the channel here. Welcome. Uh, good to see you, mate. Good to see you in the live chat. He says, would you be happy if Havertz was our forward for, was our option for the window? I would be okay with Havertz coming in. I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's not a deal that I'm against. It is a deal that I think we got to be careful not to get sort of killed on in terms of the price, but in terms of the player and putting money to one side, I think he could be a, a worthy addition um, and a good addition. Clock Orange says, uh, City will get rice. We know how this goes. Arsenal never get their target. I'd be happy, though, to eat my words. I think it's a little bit early to say that Manchester City are going to get Declan Rice. At the time of recording, there isn't any report suggesting that City lead the race. In fact, we've had the opposite put across by journalists that Arsenal are indeed still the favourites. Until we get to that point, there's no point in getting upset about it. It's like being upset that your partner might cheat on you, but they haven't actually done it. So what the hell are you going on about? You're just being paranoid. You know, that that I know it's a silly comparison to make, but you're almost upset about something that hasn't happened yet. And the truth is that you might not need to be upset about it at all because it might not come to that. 
So why spend all the build-up to the conclusion of this situation worrying, stressing, and conceding as well to Manchester City? Doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. Let's take a few more. Um, Wondering Minstrel says, do we have any sales lined up, Harry? Not really, to my knowledge. What we do know is that Granit Xhaka to buy Leverkusen is a goer, and we know that that is something that Arsenal probably won't sanction until they get some midfield options in through the door, which is the correct way to go about it, in my opinion. But I don't know of any sort of being done deals. Um, we know of interest in some of our players. We know that there's interest, for example, um, in, uh, you know, following Balogun and Granit Xhaka, you know, Kieran Tierney, etc. But nothing concrete yet in terms of a deal on any of uh, of those players um, just yet anyway. Uh, Eric also says Kai has proven he can perform in the right environment. He usually plays well for Germany. Um, yeah, that's a really, really great point. That's a really great point. Jay Sayer says, but if your girlfriend has cheated before, then you can be paranoid. And Clock Orange follows on. If your partner has already done the same and then puts in brackets, Mudrik, now we hope she does not do it again. Declan Rice hasn't cheated on Arsenal before. Arsenal have never been in the mix to sign Declan Rice. Um, you know, if, if Declan Rice has spoken to Arsenal, told them he wants to come there and is willing to, to hold out until an agreement is reached between the two clubs, then you can't just say that Declan Rice can't be trusted because Mikhailo Mudrik let us down or because somebody else did. That's the point I'm making. You're, 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 you're creating a situation in which paranoia takes over when you might not even see that occur. It might not even get to that is the point I'm trying to make here. Uh, what else have we got in the chat box? Um, Skywalker says, Omri said Kai Havertz reminds him of Robin Van Persie a little. What do you think? I don't think he's been as uh, as great in front of goal as Robin Van Persie. Doesn't have as good a left foot as Robin Van Persie, although he, he is pretty good and, and technically very, very sound. But I understand why people make that comparison. They're quite similar in their build. Um, both technically really gifted, both clever in their movement, not necessarily blessed with blistering pace. So they, they, I can understand why that comparison is made, but I do think there are uh, differences as well. Uh, big shout out to the Guna Talk, Tom Canton, who must be really, really, really busy today. Uh, big shout out to Tom. We did a show together on his channel, uh, which premiered yesterday morning, where we sort of discussed some of Arsenal's transfer targets. Head over to the Guna Talk TV and check that out. Uh, he says the meltdown today is gargantuan. Opening bids rarely get accepted. West Ham don't want this done quick. Bear in mind, it benefits West Ham that the Manchester City interest goes public. Think about it. And, you know, I, I think pretty much along the same lines as you, Tom. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I think that this is... Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing at that comment, which I'll read in a minute. Um, yeah, th that's often the way it goes, right? People put stuff out into the ether to try and influence and to try and create noise. And they hope that that noise will ultimately lead to what it is that they want, which is a hundred million pounds and to getting their money sooner rather than later so that West Ham can re... Uh, see, uh, uh, this thing about West Ham don't want this done quick. I think that's largely true in that they'd rather wait a bit longer and get the best money possible. But I also think they'd 
there's a part of them that would quite like this to be resolved as long as their price is met so that they can then go out and, and begin working on replacing Declan Rice and adding to the squad in other areas. Uh, Trevor G, uh, just going back to the kind of Kai Havertz thing, says, what about the fans who we don't, who didn't want Ramsdale, said he wasn't worth the money, that said that Ben White was a waste? Um, and, and now we're getting the same thing with Kai Havertz. And again, those examples that you bring up are the proof in the pudding, the proof that actually we should sometimes you know, yeah, air our opinions on the player, whether they be a good fit or not, but also acknowledge the good job that Arsenal have done recently and therefore offer them or afford them a little bit more trust than they're currently getting. Uh, Owen Young says, uh, never watching The Apprentice again if this shit falls through. <laughs> Building on that point of people just losing their minds about shit that hasn't even happened yet. Uh, mad, isn't it? Mad. Uh, okay, look, I think I'm going to leave it there. Uh, we've been rumbling on for a little bit now. Uh, we've answered a load of your questions. We've talked Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, Ilkay Gundogan, the fixtures, which were, of course, announced this morning. That felt like kind of a big story and something I really wanted to go big on this morning, um, only for it to be overshadowed by the latest on Declan Rice. But we will, of course, be keeping you updated with all things Arsenal throughout the duration of this transfer window. Don't forget to leave a like on the video. If you haven't done so already, just 100 likes on the board. There's no reason we shouldn't have at least 250. Subscribe to the channel as well. If you're brand spanking new, as I said at the start of the stream, we were around about 60 odd away from hitting the uh, 27,000 mark. And we do want to get to 30K ASAP. And that would be another significant step towards that. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, subscribing to the channel. If you're not already, please do that. If you're listening on audio, leave us a review, like, share, comment, all the rest of it. And I will see you all um, possibly a little bit later on. Uh, we've got a phone in uh, that we're going to do. I'm just trying to work out what the best time to do that is because I want to make sure that as many of you are available to come on and join me as possible. Uh, just need to work that around a little bit of work as well. But if you stay tuned to the uh, Chronicles of Aguna channel, um, and uh, of course, the Twitter account Chronicles underscore AFC and my Twitter at Harry Simiar keep you posted and updated with all of that. Right. I will see you all soon. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Don't lose your minds. We probably will still get Declan Rice, you know. I'm, I'm quite confident in saying that at this point in time, but I'll see you all next time. Until then, take care and goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.